Hey, this is David Vitterman, the Cobra. You're listening to the Moto X Pod Show. Hi, this is Pookie Mathis, and you're listening to the Moto X Pod Show, bro. Well, here we are, just a couple nights away from A1. I'm sure all you guys are excited like I am. Cannot wait to get there. This is Dark Side Moto X-Pod Show, episode 146, brought to you by Torque One Racing, our title sponsor. Go check them out for handlebars, pegs, shifters, brake pedals, grips, all that good stuff. Johnny over at Torque One Racing has a passion for the racing industry, so follow them on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, as well as Shock Socks, All Sport Dynamics, Blood Lubricants, Fly Racing, Power Band Racing, Works Wheels and Mods, Extreme Colors, Cherubies, X-Brand Goggles, and Williams Moto Works. All those guys supporting us, helping us get to the race this weekend. Um, man, this is going to be good. Some, there's some fast guys, obviously. Every, most everybody's healthy other than you know Marvin being out. It's going to be a hell of an A1. Cannot wait to get on that plane Friday morning, get out there for this press conference, get this thing going. Um, yeah, we've got a good show tonight. Austin Kent, who's Blake Baggett's mechanic, is going to be on. And Charles Castellou with 100% is going to come on. We're going to talk a little 2020. Um, get TJ on here in a minute, try to talk about it a little bit as well. And we'll, uh, we'll see what everybody's thoughts are on the season. So, yeah, hang tight. We'll get TJ on. All right, change of plans. TJ uh, just literally got home not too within the last hour from being out in the oil field. And uh, he went out. He's going on an, out on a date with Kathy. Probably didn't even shower. Nasty bastard. So, all right. Here's what I'm. I'll talk about it a little bit. Um, kind of weird doing this by myself. And I'm gonna do this a little bit more once the other guys get on the show. The, uh, Austin and Charles get on here. But just my picks. Uh, in case anybody really cares, AC is gonna win 450s. That's my pick. Dylan Ferrandis in the 250s. Um, not talking championship. We're just talking A1. Zacho's going to be on the box. I think it's going to be a little bit of a surprise. Uh, you know, it, it, probably Kenny, no Eli. That, that's going to be my my 450 predictions of for the box. And 250s, Dylan Ferrandez, Austin Forkner, and J-Mart, I believe, is riding west. Um, or But I'm going to go with Moseman. Moseman for the for the third place on the box. J-Mart just off the box. Um, man, I hate doing this by myself. It's super awkward. Need somebody to go back and forth with. So I'm just going to wrap this shit up. We'll get Austin on here in a minute. We'll talk a little bit about Blake Baggett and his thoughts on 2020. Um, and then we'll be back after that with Charles Kessler. So hang tight. What's up, guys? This is the 7 Juice Trade out of Entercam. I'm here to tell you about Aturbis USA. For decades, Aturbis has been the leader in motorcycle plastic and accessories like full plastic kits, frame guards, chain sliders, hand guards, in 2020, they are the proud sponsors of Red Bull, Factory KTM, Factory Kawasaki, TLD KTM, and Rocky Mountain KTM, as well as many top privateers such as myself. All you got to do is go to AturbeeUSA.com or call 1-800-659-1440 and y'all better tell them Moto S. Pajo Senya. Hey, Dad. Great race. 
Not sure how you could even see. Thanks, bud. Track conditions were pretty brutal. But thanks to my X-Brand goggles, I had hashtag clear vision all the way. X-Brand Goggles has grown into the goggle choice of many of the top privateers, such as Ben LeMay, John Short, Alex Ray, Kyle Chisholm, as well as 2017 Works and Hare and Hound champion Gary Sutherland. Hey guys, this is Gary Sutherland, 2017 Works and Hare and Hound champion, and I trust X-Brand. My name is Ben LeMay, and I choose X-Brand Goggles. Hi, I'm Andy Kiefer, and whenever I want to be best dressed, I wear X-Brand Goggles. Hey guys, this is Kyle Chisholm. And for almost a decade in my professional racing career, I've chosen X-Brand as my goggles. Now, X-Brand Goggles is joining the Moto X Pod Show for 2020 with their EKS, S, and Flat Out Series goggles. Go to eksbrand.com or email darksidemx3 at aol.com for pricing. What's up, guys? This is Alex motherfucking Ray. And if you don't use X-Brand, then f*** you. All right, our first guest of the night, the show before A1, brought to you by Acherbys. For decades, Acherbys has been the leader in moto plastic and accessories. So visit acherbysusa.com or call 1-800-659-1440 and ask for Brian Fullerton. He'll hook you up. But on the phone with us, Mr. Austin Kent, mechanic to Blake Baggett. What's up, dude? Not much, man. Actually, just got put some brand new Acherbys plastic on the bike, on the race bike. <laughs> That's perfect. We didn't even plan that. Heck yeah. Well, let's uh, let's talk about it, man. Uh your your back is uh Blake's mechanic. Whole new year. Uh Blake's got a kid now. I'm sure some things have uh what's it been like at the at the uh training facility? Dude, it's actually been awesome. It's cool having him having all the other enemies. He's definitely, you know, it's fun to watch him grow every day and it's cool watching uh Blake and Keeley kinda come to his parents too, so it's really cool. Yeah, yeah, I so. think that that's always I mean, it's a big it's a game changer, man. I mean, I, you know, I've got a kid that's 22 years old. It, I think it refocuses people usually uh their their drive, their ambitions, you know, it kind of it, it just sets you straight a little bit. So, I'm really interested to see if it has any effect on, you know, Blake at all. I mean, he talked about it a little bit a couple weeks ago and I, I think it it's going to be interesting. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, it's cool. It's funny to see him sitting there with his helmet on and you know, between motos and having a kid in his arms and stuff, it's, it's pretty cool. It's definitely cool to see that and be around. But, yeah, it's awesome. I can't wait to, you know, Breaker's old enough to, to get up and run around. And I think we're going to have our hands on the ranch. We're trying to steal dozers and right, right. take the tractor and stuff. So Yeah. Hey, man, your phone is going in and out. Or is there any way you get to a better spot? Or is it just what is what it is? Yeah. Uh, it should be should be good now. Okay, cool. So, um. All right, you've been with Blake uh, all the whole off season, right? You're you're his mechanic full time. Yep, yep. I've been in Florida with him this whole time. So yeah, that's what I thought. So what have you seen? You know, leading up to Supercross, I mean, anything that you've seen differently with him besides the baby, obviously? Or I mean, is I know he's always determined. He's always trains his ass off. Uh, you know, just what are you seeing so far? Uh, well, definitely. So one thing I'm seeing that's a lot better this year is, uh, you know, after him getting sick last year towards the i think it started coming on a little like towards the end of supercross yep when we started testing outdoors you can see man that something wasn't right there wasn't as much you know he didn't have that fire and that you know that every usually every time i get one lap to go like that's his you know he likes to play games with the stopwatch and just throw down <laughs> a heater on the last lap that's yeah like, but you know we really weren't seeing that a whole lot and you know and now coming around you know he took those took about three months off the bike and just kind of recovered and you know, I think he got everything straightened out, and it's cool because I mean, I'm seeing 
I'm seeing that fire again and you know he's throwing down some heaters and you know and we've been working on uh I know he's been working on consistency a lot with you know keeping the lap times within a certain point and stuff like that so that's something I've seen uh a big I think I feel like a pretty good improvement from from last year this time that's good man because yeah you know obviously he got his first win last year at Glendale that was huge for you guys and, and things didn't go as he would like towards the end he, like you said he wasn't feeling well and I mean, you know, unfortunately, he's had a few issues, whether it be his hand a couple years ago. It seems like there's just always something. I'd like to see him go a full year at close to 100% at least. No, None of them are ever 100% for long. Yeah, it's hard. To, he's, he likes to keep that stuff. Uh, he likes to, you know, when something like that happens, he likes to pack it away and hide it. Yeah. You know, hide it. He doesn't like to show any, any weakness at all. So, uh, But right now, it seems like he's uh, feeling pretty good, so. I'm yeah. pumped on that, and I think he is too. So Yeah, it's going to be good. And talk about the team a little bit. I mean, uh, obviously, Derrico's back uh, with Bogle this year. You know, they Benny Benny went somewhere else, unfortunately. We love Benny, but uh, Bogle and, and Baggett are going to be a hell of a team. Um, the bike's good, obviously. It's always good. Uh, just as a team, you guys are clicking on all eight cylinders? Yeah, yeah. No, everything's good. It's uh, pretty much the same crew other than, you know, it's unfortunate that Benny's not around anymore, yeah. but – uh, but yeah, that's really the only change to the team this year. So, you know, we're just still plugging away. Just you know, just a year later, basically. <laughs> right. Um, um, no, it's uh, we all gel really well. It's always fun because Derek actually just walked in here and yelling at me because he can't find his truck keys, and I was the last one to have them. So, yeah, something <laughs> never changed there. Yeah, I just I just texted uh, texted him. I think yesterday or maybe the day before because my stepdaughter has become obsessed with the WWE man. So I was. Kind of sending him some pictures of her. She was play wrestling in the living room with her gymnastic pads and like body slamming these things. And so yeah, Derek, Derek and I were talking about that a little bit. Um, you guys have a really good bond. You guys are, I mean, like BFFs almost. But but then you yeah. have you got uh, Forrest Butler who is uh, you know he's a little strict at times. How do you find those moments to uh, be yourselves but also be serious? Uh, I mean. I don't know. We're we're always pretty much horsing around. So, yeah. You know, if Forrest kind of you know just shakes his head at us once in a while, you know, when we're horsing around. But you know, we try to keep things light and fun, and you know, try to keep a good morale around the team. Just you know, because I think the riders feed off that. And, yep. You know, the crew kind of feeds off that. So you know, we just try to have joke with each other and have a good time. Just to because I mean, we're I mean, we're honestly we're with each other, you know, as a team more than we are our own family. So mm-hmm. we're pretty much it's it's pretty much our family you know, eight months out of the year, nine months out of the year, whatever it is. So, yeah, that's something, you know, we keep it fun. You can tell, you know, when you, you know, when I'm in early in the morning before the, like, especially outdoors and stuff before the fans show up, or I guess even at Supercross and you walk from truck to truck, there's some trucks that are a little more uptight and they don't look like they're having quite as much fun. But yeah, when you come over to the Rocky mountain truck, you guys are usually laughing and joking and cutting up. And even if, like you say, even if Forrest is over there kind of shaking his head, but there's definitely teams and trucks where you can tell the guys just get along and it, yeah, like you said, it, it has to trickle downhill to the riders because tension, yeah. attention just not good. You know, Blake's already kind of closed off to the media and quiet with it kind of stays within himself enough. So I would think if you guys were uptight and tense, it would probably be worse for him. Yeah. Yeah. No, I like to, I like to give him a hard time about all day and all night too at the races just to kind of keep him. Yeah. You know, keep his mind off of things. And, you know, we usually, on our way to the 
on their way to the gate for the main event, we're usually talking about, you know, you know, how much steel it took to build the stadium or, you know, this <laughs> stuff that he enjoys. You yeah. Know, yeah. And, you know, gun stuff, you know, cause we do a lot of shooting at the ranch. And, okay. And you know, we have a lot of fun with that stuff. So, you know, we always, I always just trying to, we kind of talk about, you know, other stuff other than racing. Cause I know when the gate drops, he's going to give it all he has anyway. So yeah, you know, let's try to keep his, keep him, you know, just kind of, you know, take maybe, not really take his focus off of things, but just lighten just it up a little bit. Put his head in a, yeah, put his head in a better place before, sure. before he goes out there. So. Yeah, and I think that's a, you know, a lot of people, you know, they know the mechanics, they got to work on the bike and everything, but especially back in the 90s, not as much now, but with the, the mechanics are a big part, or used to be a huge part of the program. You know, like you think about Skip and Jeremy back in the day, but with yourself, since you are with him all the time, he doesn't have a separate mechanic. Yeah, he needs that. That's good that you have that bond and you know what he needs when he needs it. Uh, almost like a like a second wife, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. No, it, it is cool. It's definitely cool getting to do both because yeah, you know, I kind of see things that you know during the week that I watch him do in Florida, and then, you know, sometimes you know, I, there's no way in hell I could ever do anything like he does on a motorcycle, but you know, there's stuff I see him do during the week. And then, you know, at the races, if I don't see it, I can point it out. And then he's like, nice. oh, yeah, you know, like stand up and drive through a rhythm or, you know, something like that. But yeah, it's, uh, it's just, you know, it's, it's cool to, it's kind of just cool to do both because you get to see both sides of it and kind of be there to, you know, help on the mental sure. side too. Cause you know, we see what he goes through during the week and everything. So Absolutely. Um, how about the bike cool. this year? Is it has there been any uh, changes that you're able to talk about that aren't top secret? Has he done no. any settings diff that are any different or anything like that? No, not really. I mean, every uh, bike's pretty much exactly the same as last year. We started, you know, we started with our base setting from uh, Supercross last year, and then just kind of, you know, worked on the bike this off season, and just, you know, made a few tweaks there and there, but yeah. nothing, nothing major at all. So, all right, well, that's that's good. Yeah, then I mean, it's a pretty pretty smooth offseason. I mean, we did try a lot of stuff and, you know, cause you don't, you don't know if it's going to be good unless you try it. So yeah. we definitely, you know, threw a lot of stuff at the bike to try, but he kind of just gravitates to what he likes. You know, what he, yeah. What he likes. And he, he know, he'll tell me within two laps, like there's a lot of times when we're suspension testing, I won't even, I, I won't even waste my time walking out to the <laughs> track because he'll go out and do two laps and say, Nope. So we're you know, swapping it right back. Right. Right. That's yeah. Well, that's good. That's again, that's part of that bond knowing what he needs and, um, let's talk a little, let's, let's not talk about Blake Baggett for a minute. Let's just talk about the series. Um, I mean, you're a fan of the sport. What do you think about 250 West? Uh, you know, who are your picks? Let's, let's just go a one. What do you got? Man, I don't know. I haven't really even, I honestly haven't even paid enough attention to really know who's, who's exactly racing both coast or not. But well, what I know as of right now is we've got Dylan West, a one, we got Ferrandis, uh, McElrath. I think J Mart, Christian Craig, um, I heard Sexton was going east, but not not guaranteed. Um, Moseman, uh, I'm, I'm looking at my notes real quick. Uh, da, da, da. Yeah, so those are some of the, those are some of the heavy hitters right there. Hampshire, no, yeah. Hampshire is going to be east, I think. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think RJ is going to be east, but uh, I don't know. I, I have a feeling Shane's going to have a good year this year uh, on that Yamaha. I think uh, you know I, I can see him see him having a really good year. And, I mean. You know, Fernandez is home too. I watched him ride a couple weeks ago, and he looked really good. So mm-hmm. I think, I think those star guys are going to be doing pretty good. So yeah, I I, I kind of have Fernandez winning the championship. Um, a one, I haven't winning a one as well. But I mean, if Austin can keep it together, the the guy's hard to beat, man. We saw last year he was yeah. undefeated until he you know finally threw it away. 
Yeah, you never know. He might, you know, having that, you know, year under his belt and kind of, you know, he can learn from his mistakes and maybe, you know, back her down when he's, you know, when he's, you know, setting third in practice or second yeah. in practice, you know, kind of just mellowed out because, you know, that's, you're still taking, you know, <laughs> second or third gate pick out of the gate, out of the, you know, for the heat race. So exactly. I mean, I think just him knowing when, you know, when to lay it on the line and when not to, I think he'll, you know, I think that's just going to come with, you know, growing, growing as an athlete and growing in the sport. And, you know, you'll, you kind of, I think these riders learn that, you know, that they get, a, you know, get some experience under their belt and stuff. So, yeah, I, you, ha- you yeah, have to, so I think this year, I think this year, both classes, you just never know what the, what the heck's going to happen. So it's yeah. going to be, I think it's going to be a lot of fast guys and, you know, some guys surprising people. Absolutely. Just like last year going into A1, I don't remember how many guys were at the press conference. I want to say it was like 10 or I think it was 12 guys maybe that were at the press conference in the 450 class and all but like one of them had won a a race. Um, I don't remember exactly what the statistics were, but there were so many fast guys and it's basically the same this year minus Marvin. Um, What are your thoughts on 450? Um, I'm going Eli for the championship, but I think Roxon obviously probably is probably going to be better than last year. We got to hope. And then you can't rule out Cooper. I mean, Cooper deserves all the, you know, all the credit for winning the championship last year. He did not look into that championship. Yeah, no, he didn't look into it at all. He, you know, he, he won what, seven races or eight yeah, races or yeah. something like, you, yeah, you don't, you don't look into that. So, and you definitely don't look into a, in a, to a championship. So no, yeah. I, I honestly don't know for a full 50. I really haven't seen anybody, anybody ride. Like we, you know, we kind of do our own thing and huddle yeah. down in Florida and just, I don't really, you know, I don't, I don't really know. I don't really okay. know who's going fast. And yeah, I'm not real sure. You know, we just got to, you know, just layer low and yeah, you know, we don't, you've been busy. We don't really go to the, we don't really go to the test tracks, you know, and sure out here, you know, we, today we went to the TLD track in Corona and broke the race bikes in and just Justin and Blake, but that's really all really who we've ridden with. So. Yeah, and I think Brandon is going to – Hartraff is going to be a hell of a surprise too. I mean, he – talking to yeah. him, that dude says he loves this bike, and I hear nothing. I think it was Daniel Blair on his show Sunday was talking about him. The guy is fired up about this bike, and, and he, he may be a big surprise this year. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, well, actually, I watched him ride yesterday, and he looked really good. So. Ah, cool. Because, yeah, it was one more – we just got to California last week, so. Yeah. Uh, we ride out the TLD track and then and, uh, him and uh, uh, Drake were out there. So okay. they, they those guys, those, those guys really look good. So I'm excited, That's man. What, like I said, I think there's going to be some kids, <laughs> you know, surprising some people too. So. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really excited. You know, as I've been in this industry just a little bit in the last couple of years, I've got a couple of those guys that are like my favorite guys, but it it's like, it's really hard to, I want everybody to do well at this point, you know, since I've gotten to know them. So it's really hard for me to, pick somebody you know i just i just want good racing really that's all i want yeah yeah you gotta have nothing you know nothing but respect for all these yep. guys out here doing this because you yeah. know it's definitely not easy and, no you know all these guys put in you know dedicate their whole lives to it so yeah it, it, nothing but respect for everybody you know trying to even trying to even make a night show like yep these guys are bad dudes you know yeah. so just be able to ride the supercross track you're a bad dude so well, and that respect needs to go also to you guys. You, you know, the, the mechanics get overlooked. I know Mathis is real big about uh, giving you guys credit because he lived that life. But talk about that just a little bit before I let you go. I mean, you're living down there, you know, basically working full-time, you know, year-round for Blake. Um, you probably don't have a lot of f- full-time or free time. What's what's a week like just, you know, 
kind of uh, give us an overview of what like a week is like for you. How much sleep do you get? How much free time do you get? I mean, during the off season, it's it's pretty nice because you know if I if we ride on a you know Monday, Wednesday, Friday, you know if I get my stuff done Monday, like I don't really need to be out to the ranch too early, you know. I yeah. Usually let them do their thing, and then you know, so it, I mean, during the off season, it's pretty laid back, but uh, you know, during the season, that's a little bit different story because you know we're flying back home usually either Sunday nights or Monday morning after we build the bikes on Sunday, and then. You know, then we're, you know, straight back. And then a lot of times we fly out Thursday and we ride on Thursday. So it's like you kind of, sometimes you don't get everything done on the bike you want. Mm -hmm. You know, practice right before you fly out. So, you know, sometimes you got to fly back Monday, run out there and, you know, make sure it's ready to go for the next day. So that's, and then like during the season, it's a little hectic from time to time, but, you know, we, you know, we keep it fun. Yeah. How much easier would your life be if they would hire just two more guys just to set the truck up and tear down oh dude that'd be awesome <laughs> yeah, that'd be, <laughs> yeah that'd be unreal but it's then again it's it's a lot of times if you get the more guys it's almost you know it's almost makes it harder sometimes you know because you know we get in a we get in our routine and everybody kind of has a job that they do so i mean really tear down and setup's not too bad but it seems it's, like it's it tough. It's tough sometimes after, you know, when it's late and, you know, yeah. if like it's on the podium or, you know, Justin gets on the podium or something, then, you know, everybody's at the press conference, like all the, you know, all the other staff or the bikes, the bikes are in impound for 30 <laughs> minutes or however heck long it is. Right. I don't know. <laughs> you know, so then it's like, you get back to the truck and it's like, all right, now, you know, that fun fun's over. Now it's time to get back to work and get this truck tore down. So Yeah. Cause you guys, I mean, I usually get there like at a supercross race. I usually get there around 8 a.m., which is really early for any press to be there but i just like to be there but you guys are there usually around that time it's half the time it's cold you start setting up yeah. and then you know i usually get out of the press conference around 11 30 11 11 30 and you guys are still out there that's a you know so it's a long long day you know it's yeah. early morning till midnight and you, you guys are usually flying out the next day probably uh but yeah i would uh, think no, we're you know we're trying to get out of there early enough on Saturday nights because you know we get, we only get we got to be back up at six or six thirty or seven to build the bikes the next day. So, yeah, and then that's an all day thing. So it's you know our weekends are pretty pretty hectic. Yeah, so and then people know. don't realize in the summertime you know when you're in at Millville in July or whatever it is June you know and it's like seven hundred degrees and you guys are out there on top of the truck you know, just drenched in sweat. We see the riders, right? When they come to the podium drenched in sweat, but you guys are like that for like 12 hours. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's, yeah. It's hard to keep up with drinking water. Sometimes yeah. you got to kind of stop yourself and make sure you're staying hydrated yep. because that, that part does get a little, little rough for Absolutely. sure. Well, Austin, man, I'm going to let you guys, you go. It's uh new year's Eve. I don't know if you're going to get to go out and enjoy it at all. Um, I don't know. I mean, we got a lot of work to do still. <laughs> Well, either way, I will see you guys Friday morning. Uh, man, I can't wait to get to Anaheim. So I'm looking forward to it, looking forward to seeing you guys. And I'm sure I'll have donuts Saturday morning. Hey, perfect. Yeah, we'll be there. So. All right, Austin. Take care. Tell Derrico I said hi, and uh, see you in a couple of days. All right, man. All right, sounds good. Appreciate it. Take care. All right. All right. Bye. All right, that's Austin Kent. Yeah, he's a good dude. Uh, yeah, I hope If you guys are day one, come by, man. Uh, I'll, I'll probably spend some time at Rocky Mountain. Uh, I don't know if they have Bubba's, Bubba Burgers back on, but I usually eat lunch over there. But, uh, yeah, hopefully we'll see you guys at A1. Take uh, take a quick break, and we'll be back. I think I'm going to get Travis Marks on for just a minute talk about his A1 pick, so hang tight. If you want power, then you need Williams Moto Works. Wait, wait what, what was that? 
It's the Supercross guy voice. No. No, it's not. Sounds more like a Hulk Hogan promo. Well, that's good and tough. I like that. Dude, we aren't making a redneck commercial for a professional company like Williams Moto Works. He designs camshafts, builds performance motors with CNC porting. So it needs to be tough and cool. A company who can reprogram ECUs, hire rev limits, and custom maps needs a professional commercial, dude. So, like, if you want complete power package from cams, portings, transmissions to ECUs, then contact Williams Moto Works at 414-467-6199 or follow them on Instagram at camdesigner or you can even email them at Williams Moto Works. That's Williams Moto and then W-E-R-X at gmail.com. Okay, that's better. Not good, but better. Once again, back from a commercial break and Fly Racing. Since 1998, Fly Racing has been focused on developing the best gear possible. In 2019, Fly Racing was the title sponsor in Supercross and they're back for 2020. Fly Racing is the, t- is the sponsor of many of the greatest riders in the world, including Blake Baggett, Damon Bradshaw, and of course, the sponsor of the Pulpamex Show. And from the Pulpamex Show, it's Travis Marks. What's up, dude? What's going on? That was a pretty flubbed read right there I did, but we're going to go with it. Uh, not much, <laughs> man. Well, I'm never perfect, but, uh, you know, uh, striving for greatness, but failing miserably. <laughs> uh, that's all you can do. Well, how do you feel, man, after uh, the first Pulp Show with the new the new video uh, equipment, the program? I, I don't know what you call it. It's all I guess it's equipment, program, it's everything. Yeah, I mean, we got we got equipment, we got hardware, we got software, um, but I think it was good. It, it it seemed to go better than than most uh, Pulp things the first time around. <laughs> true, true. Yeah. Um, you know, nothing blew up crazy, and and people seemed to enjoy it. So. All in all, I would consider it uh, a success. Yeah, I was uh, I was watching live the entire show, which I try to do now Monday night since I do the wrap-up show. It's easier just to try to do it all in one sitting. Um, and I watched yeah. it, and I thought it was great. I loved when you had a caller on like Damon or um, you know, or uh, when JT called in and you had the, the little thing up there that would have their name and it would have, you know, you'd have, I guess it, it did say who they were with, but it just it had their name and their picture. Um which is really cool because you get on Facebook a lot. You'll see people like, who are they on the phone with right now? You know, you, you yeah, see that on the that comments. Was a big thing. Yeah. Yeah. That was a big thing. And, and we're still working on like improving the graphics and stuff like that just to, just to make everything better. So you'll see some tweaks probably over like the next few weeks. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I think little things like that go a long way. Oh, agreed. I mean, obviously I've been kind of mentioning it for quite a while that Steve, had, he had told me, I don't remember when it was. It maybe when I was in studio for Vegas that he was going to be doing a bunch of things like this coming up, and he's always trying to improve the show, and obviously, you know, constantly gargling his balls. But the guy is the best at what we try to do. I mean, he's the best, period. Um, and he is always improving. I mean, I can't imagine what his overhead is. You know, with you and now having talent and um, Tits is back. What is Tits doing right with the show now? So he'll be, he's just going to switch off with Talon. So okay. He'll be like Talon okay. A, uh, a few weeks and then, and Tits will, Tits will come in like one week out of like three or four. Um, just to, just come in, you know, do his thing. He wants to, he wants to be involved a little bit, but it's hard for him because he's got to get up super early. So he couldn't do it full time. So that's, uh, that's the compromise we came up with. But that's cool. I, I'll, I'll be pumped to have him back. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And what did you think about your new position last night? You know, um, Working the phones and doing everything you did before is extremely hectic. 
I know you were stressed out last night because it was the first time, but once it gets going smoothly, do you think it'll be less stressful than what you were doing before? I think so. Yeah. I mean, um, I, I do kind of have to be on my game as far as like cutting back and forth between the cameras and, and, you know, who's talking and whatnot and, and trying not to be overbearing with it. You know, you don't mm-hmm. want to, I've watched a lot of Joe Rogan and stuff like that over the last uh, month or two, trying to, trying to get a feel for how they do it. And, um, you know, you don't want to cut too much or, or not enough and, and miss things or, or just be constantly back and forth. But, uh, it'll it'll calm down a little bit. You know, yeah. I was already getting the hang of it, and uh, yeah, I, I think it'll be good. It's 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 definitely busier as far as like less downtime. Uh, oh, okay, but you know, it just goes through because it goes through the whole show. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. There were times where when like Astafin was talking, you know, he he could get a little long winded where I could kind of leave the camera on just on him for a few minutes at a time and and be good, but. Uh, yeah, definitely, definitely have to pay attention. No, no more excited bike. No more, no more <laughs> right. extracurricular work. You know, stuff like yeah. that. The stuff we joke about. So I really, but I loved it. It was really, it was really fun. I, I, I did too. I really enjoyed it. I liked the earlier start time, but at about the five hour mark last night, I was like, "Holy shit, we're gonna go like later than we or you, not we. You guys are gonna go later than normal." But you started an hour early, and I'm, I'm like, dude, I gotta go like take a shit. Uh, can you yeah. please take a commercial yeah. break? Cause I'm sitting there taking notes and don't want to stop. And yeah, so, uh, it was, you're telling me, dude. <laughs> yeah. I can only imagine when you're in studio, Kiefer looked like he was I, so wore out when he said, no, no after dark, I'm over it. I, I about come unglued. Yeah. Well, I mean, he was, it, it was, especially without that commercial break where you can kind of get up and shut your legs. Yeah. It, it was definitely going long. I think everyone had to pee. Everyone had to, needed to get some wiggles out yeah um, but you know he caught that little wind and he, he got through it but we we aren't planning on obviously going that long all the time but right we, you know acid was just rolling so we had to let him we kind of had to just let him go because it was i thought that part was was awesome it was and i look forward to talking about that tomorrow night on what may be the very last wrap-up show we're doing something a little different we're gonna have i haven't told even steve this yet but i broke it into Originally, it was supposed to be hour and a half segments, and I have two guests for the first uh-huh. hour and a half, two guests for the second hour and a half. But since you guys went so long, I made it two hour segments. But um, oh, nice. yeah, we're gonna we're gonna talk about the Astafin Beak segment. I really liked it, but there was a probably halfway through, I kind of zoned out. But then he got me back, yeah, because it did go. It just yeah. felt, but it was really interesting, and it's cool to hear. Um, you hear Steve bitch about a lot of stuff, but when you hear a guy that that's actually part of his job is that the behind the scenes business side of it and what he was saying, yeah. it, it kind of made it more real. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and I think you could probably listen to that whole segment a few times and, and pick up on things, uh, new things each time, uh, which I think is good. I think that's, that's the kind of value you look for yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So the reason I so. got you on tonight is I want to hear, I want to hear your a one picks and I want to hear your season picks. Um, we don't. You get to kind of chime in a little bit on the Pulp Show, but I really don't know what your honest thoughts are on this season. So let's start with a one two fifty class. Who who's gonna win? Okay. Who's gonna win? Man, it's tough because I feel like a one always always is kind of an outlier. Weird yep. stuff always happens. Um, I feel like the last couple of years it's been uh, at least in the four fifties a guy wins and like that's his only win of the season. Yep. Stuff like that. But two uh, fifties, man, I. 
assuming assuming that, that we know who's riding, I think I'm going to go with with um, I'm going to go with Justin Cooper. Okay. And I don't really have a reason why. I just feel like maybe maybe you know some of the other guys will, will wig out and you know come out a little antsy, you know, being a one, um, and maybe he'll be there to kind of pick up See, the pieces a little bit. I have him as East because that's what Will Hahn had, they had talked about a couple of weeks ago, but that may have changed. You, you hear these rumors, so I don't really know, but I thought it was Mecklerath and Ferrandis, but it could be Cooper. Yeah, and I don't know. And and, and if it is, um, yeah, and I don't even know who the PC guys are, but I, I, I think uh, Fortner, Fortner, Fortner and I don't have, I don't know the other guy. Fortner's definitely West. I don't remember. I think it's uh, McAdoo, but I don't know that for a fact. I, I hate not having all these notes, but it's the 250 class, like you, you know, we know is you don't really know for sure. It's so silly. Like yeah. It's Tuesday before the race, and we don't, we know. don't even know who's who's coming to race. It's, right. You right. Know? Yeah. And I'm with you. Like I don't, I don't always gargle Steve, you know, and I don't. <laughs> this is this is silly. This is just it is it's silly. Like you, you don't even know. The race is in five days or less than yeah. you know, basically four days at this point, and you don't know who's going to be on the line. It's yeah, the heavy the heavy and hitters I, that I know are going to be there, or as of right now, are Ferrandez, Forkner. I mean, I guess Christian Craig would be considered to me. He's a he's a heavy hitter. Mosaman, yeah, for sure. Um, you know, Mosaman is going to be there. Those those are the guys that I kind of expect to be the top four. If if Cooper is not there, and I don't even you know. I got Ferrandis. With the lineup, that'll be a that'll be a uh, tall task. But if he's not, I would go uh, Forkner. I yeah, Forkner is going to come back. You know, he was looking good yep. all year last year until he crashed, and obviously everyone kind of saw not saw it coming. I don't want to say, but you know, we were waiting. Would. Yeah, we were waiting yeah. for it. Um, but but I think he'll be. I think he'll come back and he'll come out swinging. Uh, he'll be looking for you know to prove that he was the guy and that he didn't, you know, miss anything and that he's not falling off the pace any. So I would go Forkner. Yeah, I think that's probably a pretty good pick. I just have a feeling about Ferrandis, but I think if not Dylan, Forkner would definitely be my my 1A. Um, yeah. What about 450 class? It's kind of the same thing. You already mentioned it's crazy. You never know what's going to happen at A1. I mean, it could be, you know, my boy Kyle Chisholm could win, but probably unlikely. <laughs> pretty un- Probably unlikely, but what do you expect to see at A1? 450 wise. Um, yeah, I don't. I would like to see. I would like to see Eli take a win at A1. Okay. I feel like that would make a statement. You know, he doesn't always. I feel like he always has something weird going on there, and doesn't always uh, have the best finish. But I feel like if he could come out and and win A1 and kind of set the tone for the rest of the season, I feel like that would be huge. I and I'm an Eli fan, you know. Mm-hmm. He's fun to watch. He's just he's gnarly when he's on, um, and I'd love to see him take the championship just to get it over with, you know. But I think that would be big for him to take a one and just set that set that standard for the rest of his season and, and yeah. let everyone know, like, hey, I'm I'm here this year and I'm, I'm I'm serious about doing this. Yeah, it would be good. I think he does need to start off with a win, and he needs to start off with a dominating win. But I uh, I talked to Daniel Blair Sunday night. We were talking about my my Forty ers and. He asked me what I, who I thought was going to win, and I mean, I'm, I'm going AC for A1, and I have plans yeah. for the press conference Saturday night if he wins. So we'll, we'll, I won't 
say what I'm going to do on air, but uh, <laughs> I have plans if AC wins. So it wouldn't be. I honestly wouldn't be surprised. I think I'm. I think I joked about it on the Pulp Show. Um, you know, a few weeks back, I, when Steve was saying that he won't get a win all year. Yeah, he's going to win A1. What are you talking about? Like, that. That, That's how A1 goes. It's not out of the realm of possibility. Yeah. Well, that statement by Steve plays into my plans at the press conference. So, so <laughs> I like that. That's why I really, really, more. really want AC to win the first race of the year. Yeah. But it'd be fun. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be sweet. People would get nuts, man. Yeah, yeah. It's so funny. Um, yeah, and of course, like my, if I'm going by my, with my heart, it's Zacho. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be cool. I mean, there's so many good guys out I there, know. and so many guys you want to cheer for. You yes, know? Um, yes. Which is which is what I love. So I'm pumped. I'm I'm more excited for A1 this year than I think I have been in, in a few years. So. Yeah, I really wish you were coming, man. The fact, I mean, I I just I don't see anything happening to Pulp Fantasy, dude. You haven't changed anything. It should be fine. Right. Just show yeah, up. Come yeah. to the live show. Let's hang out. Famous last words. It should be fine. Well, it's funny because we've been making jokes and texts today. Like Steve asked me, "What are the what's what are the chances of of something going terribly wrong?" And I said five percent on the show last yeah, night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On the whole show. And as soon as it was like coming out of my mouth, I like wanted to grab it and bring it back. Like I should not have said five percent because now, of course, like I feel like I jinxed myself and something's gonna happen. But who nah. knows? We'll see. It's gonna be good. And what you know, worst case, we have a drop round again. No, 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 no. <laughs> it's going to be good, man. Us. It's going to be good. Uh, I'm going to win, you know, my, my leagues this year. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to be in the, I'm going to be in the top 10 in the whole world. Very, very <laughs> unlikely. I saw, I don't understand. You know what? I really don't understand because I, I don't understand how some people like in our little group, you know, like JT Cooley, uh, does right. like great every week and it makes no yeah. fucking sense. There is no science to the shit. There isn't, there just can't be because you could pick the guys that are the highest pick trend every week. And the, the guys that in the, your all-stars that are going to get the highest points every week. And as soon as you pick them, they have this ridiculous race and cost you all these points. There's no science to it. I don't understand. It pisses yeah. me off that these guys are so good every week. It just absolutely pisses me off. It is. It's it's frustrating. Um, you know, you'd think you'd think I'd be better at the game. I don't know if that makes any sense, or you know. But yeah, you have all the numbers. So that right. Yeah, I, I have more data than, yes. than most people, and obviously they can get it, but it's probably a little easier for me. But um, yeah, I mean, it's I, I don't know. I don't know if it's because I I can't fully focus on like picking my team and stuff because I'm worried about other stuff on the site. Right. Constantly, but maybe that's. Maybe that's hindering me or something. I mean, that's that's my excuse, and I'm going to stick to it. <laughs> yeah, I but, like it. Uh, it is it is frustrating, but I mean, it's just it's like not to go off on a tangent, but like the guy that won uh, has the red plate on Pulp Next Fantasy. You know, this is his second year in a row where he has the red plate, which means he was first overall for Supercross and Motocross combined. That doesn't make any sense. So obviously, there there's some you know. It is a game of skill. As I guess. Uh, as far as legalities. I don't want to admit that, though. Definitely there. I No, I don't. Trust me. I'm with you. I'm I, with you. We'll, we'll stick with it all being luck. I'm cool yeah, it has to be luck, man. I'm just, I can't, I don't know. Oh, God. I'm already frustrated, and I haven't even made my picks yet for this week. <laughs> so. I can hear it in your voice. Yeah, yeah. I just, because I want to win so bad. I want, like, I just want to be, I want to get a prize, damn it. I like prizes. 
Yeah, no, I, I'm with you. I would like to just. <laughs> I don't care about I the like number plate. Have like a, a, a few good weeks and, and be able to brag about it. But yeah, you know, that's asking too much. I honestly would be happy if I just won Pookie Side Peace League and. Uh, you know, a couple of our, our, couple of our little leagues that we're in, I mean, I'd like to, I'd like to win the Daniel Blair one too, the main event moto one too, just so Daniel has to bring me to the pulp studio. That'd be great. But, um, I'm not good. I'm not good enough for that to happen. But, uh, anyway, all right. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, Travis, man, I know I kind of hit you up last minute. I appreciate you having a few minutes for us and yeah, no worries. Anytime. Any big plans for new year's Eve? No, no, I think we're going to keep it kind of low-key. I'm going to, you know, uh, I still got some stuff to do here on on the website. Yeah. My wife's still at work for a little bit, and we're going to hang out probably at home with a couple friends, but nothing crazy. There you go. Well, please tell uh, your beautiful wife, Courtney, I said hi, and if she wants to come to to A1 and hang out, she can hang out with me. (laughs) I'll send her. I'll send her as as my proxy. There you go. All right, Travis, appreciate you, man. (laughs) All right, buddy. Good talking to you. You too. See ya. Travis Marks, the Dune Goon. Such a good dude. Um, I I have to imagine everybody else is as frustrated with fantasy, unless they're winning, as I am. But we love it so much still. Like, right? Isn't that weird that we get so frustrated by it, but love it so much? Um, Looking forward to it. I am going to win this weekend. Stamp it. So, my guys in Pookie side piece, you might as well not even make your picks this week. Okay, another commercial break. We'll be back with Charles Caslew. Since 1998, Fly Racing has been focused on developing the best gear possible. With research and development, they have become a leader in safety and comfort. Fly Racing is worn by many of the top athletes in motocross and supercross, including Weston Pike, Blake Baggett, Zach Osborne, Andrew Short, Damon Bradshaw, and Adam and Tyler Antonap. Second dude, Trey, I wear fly shoes, wear fly shoes. 2019 Fly Racing line includes the popular Light Hydrogen, the new Evolution DST line, the all-new Women's Light line, a redesigned F2 helmet, the FR5 boot, and Zone and Zone Pro goggles. Fly Racing also has hard parts for mountain bike products and snow gear. Go to flyracing.com or check out your local dealer for more info. If you're looking for top quality hard parts, you need to visit Torque One Racing. Torque One Racing has a passion for the racing industry and are a proud supporter of the Moto X Pod Show. Find the flow with Torque One Racing handlebars, levers, shifters, brake pedals, and grips. Torque One Racing is the title sponsor of the Moto X Pod Show, so support those who support us. Visit TorqueOneRacing.com and order your Defy Lock-On Grips today. Blood Lubricant Signature Products, Blood Power Sport Series, Blood Racing Pro Series, and Blood Racing Pro Elite Series were all created to bring out the highest level of performance and protection for all types of racing. From dirt track to off-road, motocross, supercross, and drag racing, bloodlubricants.com has what you need. Along with their oil lines, Blood Lubricants provides chain loop, degreaser, polyclean, and other top-notch products. Independent tests have shown Blood Lubricant oils to allow your bikes to run up to 30 degrees cooler. Give Jeff Green and Blood Lubricants a try, and you won't be disappointed. Blood Lubricant sponsors of Tyler Powers, Team PRMX, Team TXS, and many other pro supercross and motocross riders. Visit bloodlubricants.com today. Hey guys, if, you're, if you want a complete power package from cams, porting, transmission to ECU, then contact Williams Moto Works at 414-467-6199. 
Follow them on Instagram at camdesigner or email at williamsmotoworks at gmail.com. And this week, Williams Motor Works brings us from 100% Goggles, Charles Caslew. What's up, dude? Not much. How are you, Dark Side? Doing good, man. Uh, just uh, getting the, f- the excitement is like in me 100%. I cannot wait to land in Anaheim in just a couple days. Yeah. What you did there with uh, yeah, 100% excitement. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like that. Well, uh, I'm going to get to your picks here in a few minutes. Um, we we all probably have our opinions. They're probably a pretty similar, most of us. But uh, what's new sure. with 100% right now? Um, always, always lots of new stuff. Uh, new spring uh, collection of you know goggles and casual and things coming out uh, in February and. And I have one is always the introduction of the Tyco Honda um, officially licensed team merchandise. So that stuff just uh, hit dealers yesterday, actually. So okay, um, yeah, everybody will see see the team's new look at uh, Anaheim Saturday. Man, I just can't imagine you know working very limitedly with Rich and X Brand and just the little bit that I sort of see of the business. I can't imagine how hard it is to do what you guys do and to keep things fresh and new and the budgets and like, it has to be like a lot of stress, I would think. Uh, certainly never a dull moment. That's for <laughs> sure. Um, and, and the company hundred percent is growing like crazy and we're going to, you know, a few different, um, channels and directions and, and new things all the time. Yeah. Um, on, on the, for the company and, and on my plate as well. So, um, I would much, you know, rather it, it that way as opposed to the opposite of, you know, being conservative or, sure. you know, trying times, when, you know, financially aren't working out or something like that. The, yeah. The alternative, you know, it's, there's growing pains, I guess we'll call it. Um, there's still pains that uh, much better to have growing pains than, you know, shrinking pains or something. So. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. What is it like when you have a, a marquee rider, uh, you know, like, like to get somebody signed, not, not asking about money or anything, but just how do you reach out to them? You know, whether it be, is it through an agent or how do you make that happen with one of these top level riders? Uh, well, John Cuso does all the, um, you know, pro athlete team, team management. So he's boots on the ground at, you know, every supercross and mm-hmm. outdoor and a handful of MXGP. So he's got his finger, you know, very closely on the pulse. Um, you know, typically he would you know, come back to me and, 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 or the owners of the company. And we all, he says, Hey, I hear this guy is deals up and this guy's unhappy with that and so on. And, okay. Know, and then we discuss it as a group and, um, you know, I, I sort of figure out how to make it fit into a budget or figure out a way to move things around to sort of on the back end, make things happen. Yeah. Um, with, uh, you know, obviously the direction of the owners and, and, then Kuzo is the one that um, works directly with the riders and the teams every every weekend and actual products and making sure they all have what they need and, and they're all happy. And um, yeah, typically, you know, those high high end guys they typically have agents. So yeah, yeah. Once John once John figures out, you know, this guy's available and he's interested. At that point, um, you know, a lot of times I'll talk to the agent man and we'll kind of start working through the 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 details of it before we even get, uh, you know, Kuzo involved with getting an actual product and goggles to, to the guys. So. 
Okay. Would there ever be, or has there ever been a situation where there's a guy that's clearly, let's say a championship contender, but he doesn't really fit what hundred percent is looking for, whether it be personality or, you know, just, or could you see that happening? Oh, absolutely. It's happened for sure. Um, yeah, we, you know, there's lots of side to, um, to sponsorship, uh, approach to the, the brand and, mm-hmm. uh, winning, winning races is, is certainly important. Um, and always will be, I don't think that that landscape is going to change right. no. um, anytime soon, but, no. but, um, the, the fit for the brand, the fit for the image of the brand, um, and the fact, you know, the guy wants to be with 100% usually, um, dictates how our, our interest level. We've, we've certainly had championship contenders or championship level guys, you know, kind of poke around and then we've just sort of passed or okay. thrown out a serious offer because, you know, they don't fit the brand or don't fit what we're trying to do. Um, yeah. So to answer your question for, yeah. for sure, it, it has happened. I like that, man. Cause that shows integrity. You know, I, I always look back to the one industries situation with J law and Dungy and what a huge mistake that turned out to be, you know, and yeah. you, you could see to me as a, just a fan, especially at that time, as just a random fan. You could see the writing on the wall. Um, sure. And yeah, I, it, I liked a lot of the look of one industry stuff back then, but it put a bad taste in my mouth immediately. Yeah. And, and now that I've, um, you know, got a little bit of a, a peek behind the curtain, you know, that, that deal was super political and complicated right. and, um, you know, there was some very big licensing deals that, you know, were very lucrative to the brand that mm-hmm. kind of sort of came, came with the J-Law piece. Um, uh, and, you know, some other factors that weren't, it wasn't just, um, like a, at face value decision Yep, we decided we want Jason Lawrence over Ryan Dungey, or we're going to try to somehow weasel our way into <laughs> keeping them both. It was, yeah. it was, um, you know, there were some, some big dollar, big picture things involved and the, you know, cause the owners of 100% were the, you know, the founders and the original owners of one industry. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, a fair amount of the employees there were around during that era still at, at one, although, uh, Mark and Ludo had already sold the company, um, or were in the process of selling it. Or I'm not sure of the exact time, but, um, yeah, I, I, that wasn't uh, a Mark and Ludo decision. That's that's for sure. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, I, I like that. You know, again, uh, you know, I'm an ex brand guy, but I, I have a lot of respect yeah. for you and what you do. And I, I, again, I like the fact that this is a small industry. We know that that you, you know, you yeah. don't talk shit on the other brands, and that you guys are all buddies and can be buddies. And everybody, there's yeah. there's room for everybody. And again, I have respect for that and the way. You know, you've always been nice to me, and and I appreciate that. Yeah, man. I, you know, and I respect the hell out of Rich. He's done a, a lot in this industry, yeah. and will continue to do a lot in this industry. So, um, yeah, I, I think he does a great job with X Brand, and and you know, you you need to pay your bills, and you want to be involved with racing, and yeah, so you selling X Brand helps you do that. You know, I. I, I, we can still be friends. I'm, uh, <laughs> right, exactly. I, we're all we're all in this together. There's no reason to, uh, as Mathis likes to say, there's no reason to be dicks to each other. No, nope, nope, I agree. And I, you know, I feel very fortunate that I have yet to meet anybody that's actually in the industry that has been a deal hole to me. Everybody has been pretty cool. <laughs> uh, I know they're out there because I hear the stories. Sure. But yeah. I just I haven't had that run in, so I, I feel pretty good about that. 
But uh, yeah. Let's get to A one, man. Um, this yeah. is you know, yeah. there's obviously a lot of hype. It's a uh, another quote unquote stacked year. Um, unfortunately, Marvin's out, but there's still a lot of guys that you could say, oh yeah, that guy should be able to win the championship. Um, let's go with two fifties. Um, West Coast A one. Uh, what are your predictions? Um, you know, Dylan Francis is, is going to be gay. That's yep. for damn sure. You know, he has the number one plate for a reason. Yep. Um, you know, I think AC had that title, you know, in, in control for a lot of it. Uh, but I think Dylan, even wrapping it up the way he did without him crashing out of Vegas, still was a big, like a big leap forward for himself. So, um, and then, you know, Adam moving out of the class and, and him going McShane another year and another year of super custom their belt, you know, it's going to be really hard hard to beat him. And that, that has nothing to do with the fact that he wears 100%. Right, I know. You know, the guy is, uh, the guy has a lot of a lot of things working in his favor. One being the star racing Yamaha. You know, that bike is incredible. Absolutely. Um, I think David Volman has a ton of, ton of knowledge. Um, and, you know, he's been working with Dylan for quite a while now. So I think Dylan's going to be going to be good um you know i i don't even know who's riding on the pro circuit side of things who's, who's well, riding west forkner's definitely west Forkner. yeah and i thought it was mcadoo but i was actually just on the phone with travis marks and we we actually don't know for sure um yeah, whether it's jordan smith I, I would think it's forkner and mcadoo i don't think smith jordan and austin are gonna be on the same coast so yeah i, I believe it's sure. mcadoo and, and forkner i mean he's gonna be great i mean he yeah is, he was super impressive last year, although he crashed damn near every practice. He hit the track. Yeah, um, it became a thing. <laughs> kind of kind of scares me a little bit. Um, I guess it shows his durability in a way because he had to crash 25 times before he actually <laughs> got hurt. But, yeah, um, he, I mean, the kid is so fast, and, and we haven't seen him ride, obviously, since the injury. But uh, a kid like that, I, I don't foresee – the knee holding him back at all. I think he's going to be firing on all cylinders come A1. So um, there's always going to be someone that sort of jumped up and is, you know, in the hunt, like, you know, Colt Nichols last year, for for instance. Um, but, you know, on paper, I would have to think, or in my opinion, the, the front runners are going to be Austin and Dylan. Um, I agree. But like I said, there's going to be someone that, that jumps up that you're like, oh, shit, I didn't even think of him. I, um, I or, think yeah, he was a... I right. think Mosemin is going to be a big surprise this year. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would agree with that, actually. Um, and my brother, not because my brother is a mechanic. Yeah, kid, right. But um, the kid, he was pretty solid in Supercross last year. And then outdoors, um, he seemed towards the end of the year to really start to get it together and, and you know, I guess for lack of better term, figure it out. Yep. Um, and so, like, I think just that, step forward and that kind of maturity that he's gained over the last, you know, call it 12 months, 18 months, I think he's going to take a step forward. Now, you know, that, that step I think can be pretty far to the top of the podium for him. Um, but I certainly see him on the podium um, multiple times this year, I would say. Yeah, I, th- I think he gets his first win this year. Okay, I, I can go with that. Um, and then, you know, Geico, Christian, to me, Christian Craig's a question mark. Right. Um, he's one of the most talented guys on the gate. Um, if he won Anaheim 1, I would not walk out of the stadium surprised at all. No. Um, but, 
for him to hold, you know, hold it together for the entire series and come out with the most points uh, in May. You know, that's that's a, a tall order. Looking at the history of, of Christian and um, his sort of, I'd say, reliability, but his yeah. ability to um, maintain that level week in and week out um, all season is going to be tough. But he, he's certainly going to be fast. He's going to, when he races, he's probably going to qualify fastest at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I would think be on the podium um, quite a bit. Yeah, I think so. It's again with us not knowing for sure who who's racing each coast, it's kind of yeah. hard to say. I really think Brandon Hartraff's going to have a hell of a year this year. Um, yeah, I think he's east, but I'm not 100. Uh, percent Yeah, yeah, McElrath. It's it's exciting, man. Just like every year we go in, going, oh, this is the this is the most this is going to be the best year ever. And I I, I still right. I feel that way right now. Like this should be an unreal year. Obviously, they always kind of find their place, and it usually it just stays pretty consistent, but. Um, man, there's just no telling. I, I, I just can't wait to get day one. But and then the 450 class, get all the hype of AC coming in. Um, yep. what do you think about you know, Mathis has said AC is not going to win a main event this year? Ooh, I, um, I, I think he wins man, a one. It's such a yeah, I, I can see it. Um, history and, and the odds, you know, Steve's sort of playing the odds on that side, that, yeah. How many past outdoor national two fifty champs have come into four fifty supercross and won immediately? You know, not that not that many. And sure. certainly ones that didn't double sweep um the two fifty championship the year before. Um but I think I think A C is a unique individual. He's um yes, he didn't wrap up the supercross championship on the two fifty, but he is a freak talent. Let's not get it get it twisted. He's a, a special kid. Um, that's won at a very high level his entire life. So I think he's back together some consistent uh, months and of riding and racing um, that he hasn't done in, in quite some time. Um, so I think that, that those building blocks getting stacked up for him are going to propel him further than a lot of people think, in my opinion. I think, um, yes, he's going to struggle with 17 races and 18 mm-hmm. weekends. Um, he'll probably struggle with staying on the track. <laughs> yes. He'll, <laughs> um, he'll have weird little moments, but man, the kid is, he is special. I, I think if I'm, if you're, you know, putting me on the, on the point here and making me pick a side, I think I'm going with you and the fact that he went, went to main event this year. Yeah. I don't think it, like, I certainly am not calling him for the championship. Um, but I, yeah. I think a one being, the anomaly that it kind of is and ha- the talent he has and the hype and the fire that he's going to have. I-, I think I just, I take him for a one. I-, I think Eli is my pick for the championship. Although Roxon's going to be, I-, I it's going to be so good. I just don't know who to pick, uh, you know, and then I, my heart, as I told Travis Marks, man, my heart's with Zacco. So it's like, it's impossible for me to really pick somebody, but I, I guess I'm going right. to go, I'm going to go with Eli for the championship. Yeah. And, and I mean, You'd be hard pressed to find someone that could build a, you know, a solid case, I guess, for or against Eli. Yeah. For that matter. I mean, sure. Guy, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he on paper, you go, well, he's the fastest guy. He should win. Right. But he's been on that same paper for four three. years now. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah three, three, four years. years. Yep. Um. So what makes all of us think this year is going to be different than last year, or the year before, or the year before? I exactly. I don't know. But, but. 
Um, on the positive side, you know, there hasn't been – I haven't heard any, any rumbling from crashes or issues or injuries or anything from Eli. Um, although last year he kept the, the back injury pretty quiet, but still there were some, you know, things leaking out that yeah. you heard he crashed or you yeah. heard this, which I haven't heard any of that. So, um, you know, a healthy Eli Tomac is, is a very fast uh, Eli Tomac to just, you know, we're kind of beating a dead horse. No, yeah, it's he's dissecting Eli's (laughs) state, but man, he's he's fast, and I think, um, you know, AC has the biggest question mark in in my head, but Mm -hmm. a very very close second to that, uh, Kenny, you know, yeah, is because of the health. We still don't know. Yeah, we don't know the um, the situation with his health, and we would all have to assume they've figured something out in the time since Iron Man, but. Um, you know, there hasn't been any kind of official announcement or I haven't heard anything directly from someone in his camp that would make me run out and think, yep, he's fixed. He's going to go be one of the fittest guys on the track and not have any fatigue or um, any issues like that. So I, I really don't know. And, I, and I'm sure that's part of their championship from that fifth camp is to keep everybody sort of guessing. Um, but, man, like I, I spoke of Adam being, you know, a, a unique sort of freak talent. You know, Ken Rockson is absolutely in that same boat too. You know, he um, has that ability to beat anyone straight up at any point on any given day or night. Yes. Um, but, you know, the, the injuries that Kenny has dealt with and the um, illnesses that he's dealt with have, you know, handicapped for the past couple of few years. So, uh, you know, will we see Ken Rockson um, from, you know, Anaheim before he got hurt. Seventeen, yeah. You know, a couple of years ago. Yeah, I, or I don't know. None of us will know, and only only time will tell. But that's kind of the the fun part of leading in a one, and nobody knows. <laughs> right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Honest, it's just all Saturday, bench racing. Saturday, Saturday night at you know eleven o'clock when they're walking out of the studio. I don't know if we're really going to have a real clear answer there either because you know rewind, rewind and you know Dean Wilson led most of the the main event um at some point i thought malcolm stewart was going to win uh, and then justin barsha ends up winning and i don't think he had left anaheim last year thinking yep barsha's in the driver's seat he's going to win this title no or dean wilson or malcolm stewart for that matter so. absolutely not yeah and, and it seems like a1 you know few, how many years ago it was but uh you got josh grant winning a1 yeah you just yep. you never know with this race um what about your guy cooper webb I mean, he's the defending champ, I and I think he's yeah. a little bit um, un, not not necessarily under the radar, but I don't know that he gets the credit he deserves for what he did last year. Absolutely, I think um, he gets a little bit of like a you know, there's almost this connotation that he like lucked into it. Or yeah, something. a little bit like Jason Anderson I, the year before, you know, and it's I don't, I just don't see it. No, I think, I think. You know, maybe on paper, Anderson's championship is similar to um, Cooper's, but I really, I don't think so. I think, I think they are they're different. And I think, I think Cooper, Eli was in it, and you know, every, everybody was there and had yeah. their opportunities to win it. And um, you know, Cooper just made it happen every single week, every heat race, every main event. If things weren't going his way. You know, in practice or the heat race, or so be it. You can you could beg your house; he's going to pull off a whole shot in the main event, and and 
ride better than better than he had all day. And there's, you know, that's a special um, character trait that, that Cooper has. I think he's a gritty dude that um, when the lights come on and the, they're passing out points and money, he shows up. <laughs> right, right. Gamer, so yeah, um, I think I think you're right. I think he doesn't get the credit he probably deserves. And um, you know, I listened to um, the Racetrack preview podcast the other day and i think we each had a good point he's like you know cooper puts himself in these positions and he makes these things happen and at, at what point is it no longer luck and it's yep. just, you know what super Webb just makes this shit happen and that's just the way it is um because he's a multi-time 250 champ yeah. you know he's a 450 supercross champion like what what makes everyone think that it was a fluke or something unique i mean I, I, I guess it has to be the two years before with Yamaha where he had such bad years. Sure. And it's like everybody just kind of forgets the 250 championships almost. But if he comes out this year, even if he doesn't win the championship, but if he's podium, consistently podium, right. I think at that point everybody has to say, okay, he is one of the guys. I think they should say that anyway, just based off yeah. what we were just talking about. But I, I think you know if, if he has a bad year, Unfortunately, that probably that little stigma or whatever is going to stick with him. But I believe fully just after talking to him, you know, the, after the races at the press conferences at Dallas last year, after the the split, you know, I don't know, was it a thousandth of a second or whatever he beat Kenny by. Yep, yep. Like we, I talked to him and, and, and I talked to him a couple weeks previous or whatever. And he, you know, he didn't really feel like he was one of the guys just yet. But at Dallas, I asked him, do you feel like you're one of the guys now? And he's like, yeah, now I do, you know? So now, like <laughs> now that cool. he feels that way, you know, he, and, and he earned that championship in my opinion, like you said, Eli did come in a little bit injured or whatever. And I think maybe Marvin was recovering also, but you just look at the Dallas race or even the Houston race where he's battling with Marvin, uh, at the yeah. triple, the triple crown race. Yeah. Those weren't luck, man. I mean, he fought to get back up there to beat Kenny at Dallas and he fought to stay in front of, Marvin, who was supposed to be the guy at KTM, and and yeah, he's he didn't luck into anything. I mean, maybe there was some moments where he had some luck, but the guy is the I, the guy is every bit as deserving as Eli or Kenny of being a championship contender. Absolutely, I think it's funny you mentioned some of those moments like Dallas and, and Houston. Um, in my opinion, the the switch sort of flipped in Cooper Webb's head at all the way back at Anaheim two, I think it was mm-hmm. that triple crown. Yep. Um, where he, he ran down Kenny and passed him, uh, on the last lap. And, and was that the first one of the year? Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. Cause he won three in a row. After the, I think at that point, yeah. I think so it was he, that maybe San Diego down, and Dallas or, or something yeah, like he, that. It was a triple crown. So a shorter yep. race and he ran down, you know, he went through all the heavy hitters and passed Kenny right at the end and when he crossed the finish line like for me anyway i know cooper <laughs> fairly well you know from my brother worked for him on super minis and i've known him for you know well before 100 percent here but you know for me watching him get that monkey off his back and 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 run down and pass all those you know quote unquote top guys that he kind of viewed himself kind of a step behind coming into the season i think i saw like like i said sort of the the switch flipped and cooper went from yeah, I'm hoping to get a podium to I'm here to win and I can yeah. get all these guys at any point. So. Yeah, because I asked him because I was, let's see, I wasn't at A2. 
I guess it had to be Dallas when it was the next time I talked to him because that was the next time I yep. saw him. But he had won three in a row at that point, and you know, and I'd interviewed him sometime during the, in that time frame, and he, like he said, man, I just didn't feel after the first two years, I didn't feel like I belonged, you know. And like like I said, he he at Dallas, he definitely said that. Now I know, you know. But yes, taking that win and the 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 shooting the gun backwards at at Kenny, I guess, or whatever, you know. That's yep. just his confidence and his personality, but um, and hell, even yeah, at the end him. of the year, man, at Vegas, his his response to my question about, um, I don't know if you remember that, but I asked him about watching AC basically throw the championship away while you're sitting there on the line waiting for your race to start, and uh, I asked him, you know, did that run through your mind? All right, I, maybe I need to back it down, and his response was no. He he uh, not what was it? Not he choked, but uh, he cracked. Yeah, he said he cracked, and I didn't. Holder, yeah, he cracked. Yeah. Um, I mean that that he was confident. He knew at that point. Well, obviously, that was in. Oh, yeah. He won the championship, but um, I think you're going to see a whole new Cooper Webb this year. And he, you know, Cooper wears his emotions on his sleeve. He's got a a chip on his shoulder, and <laughs> um, that's one of the the great things about Cooper is is he's um, you know exactly where you stand with him. You know what he's sort of thinking and feeling. And, yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot of bottled up sort of animosity. <laughs> Hey, everybody. Uh, we had a little technical difficulty with the software where it quit recording. Uh, Charles, you were talking about Cooper having a little bit of animosity about what happened in his amateurs. I'd like you to kind of say that again. Yeah, I think, you know, Cooper and, and Adam both sort of downplay it these days, and, and the media probably overstates the, the friction between the two. But regardless, I mean, Cooper – is a super emotional guy and, and um you know him and him and adam grew up in the same era they they were there were times when they were in separate age groups but there were times when they raced each other and whether they were racing and adam was winning or they were in separate classes and cooper was winning whatever the situation mm-hmm. was it always seemed seemed like adam got all of the the limelight and all the attention and, and accolades um, yeah and, and whether cooper wants that attention or not i think He's the kind of guy that that um, you know he really takes that personally and, and wants whether he again like he, I don't think Cooper's the kind of guy that likes to be in the spotlight but no I don't get that feeling either be, but he also doesn't he wants to be known that I'm the guy that wants to be able to choose whether he's in the spotlight or not you know what I mean yeah so yeah I think I think Adam getting all that you know publicity and then all the attention growing up. Um, They'll downplay it now, but deep down inside Cooper, you know, that's absolutely um, something that he, he's trying to to get back at Adam for or, or um, turn those the tables around. And, and he wears, you know, he has a chip on his shoulder. Yeah. That's just the way Cooper is. And then and certainly he wants to beat Adam, I think, more than if you put, you know, whoever <laughs> else next to him on the gate. Yeah, and, and using that as motivation. Him. Yeah. Yeah, For yeah, sure. I, I get the same feeling. You know him better, probably a lot better than I do, but I definitely get that feeling. He's one of those guys that kind of needs that, um, and that and that you know, as a competitor in all of us, and everybody has a different thing that gets you going. And man, that was, if that's what works for him, between that and then the the, the also the stuff that the media kind of pushes between him and Kenny, he's got he's got plenty of things to keep him fired up. Yeah, and I think I think Cooper. I don't think it takes much to get Cooper fired <laughs> no. up. I think he, I mean I I know he's a super mellow guy, yeah, super yeah. laid back, but on but the track he is, yeah. But on the track, you know, he he's <laughs> um, like I said earlier, you know, he wears his emotions on his sleeves, and 
he he's always had a chip on his shoulder. Uh-huh. Um, you know, I think there's been comparisons to the beast from the east for him. And I was um, just thinking think that a lot of a lot of stuff that holds true with that between the two of them, where they just you know don't give a shit and want to yep. beat anyone at any time. You know, it breaks their mom's leg in the last turn if that's what it took <laughs> yeah. to win. Yeah, I, mean? I was that's literally just thinking about that while you were describing him. Is you know, I've kind of gotten to know Bradshaw just a teeny bit in the last year, especially after destroying his bike a few months ago. <laughs> um, you know, and and at sitting down and actually having dinner with him and talking to him about those things, he's like, yeah, you know, I hated everybody when I was racing, and and, and now though you see him and he's friends with like he just wants to hang out and visit and talk and. And he's like, yeah, but when that helmet goes on, even now, and I think he told Mathis the same story he told me, uh, he told Mathis last night that, you know, like, I don't want to go that fast anymore, but you put the helmet on, you go out there with Brownie or whatever, and you, you, you're a competitor, you want to win, you know, and I see Cooper kind of the same way. You put the helmet on and it's like you become a, a a superhero or something or, you know, a a totally different person. For sure. Yeah. And, and talking about, Damon, you know, I mean, Damon was my childhood hero for right. sure. And, and to to know, you know, I met him a couple of times now. He wears 100% goggles and, um, you know, it, it's, he's completely, he's 180 degrees different than my childhood vision of, of number four on yep. that factory Yamaha. You know what I mean? Like, totally agree. He's such a nice dude. And, and so, you know, you wouldn't assume anything about his career or, you know, what he's done or what he didn't do. And, um, but you know, as a kid, I mean, he was just the ultimate yep. badass. That's uh, that's and, why the highlight of my life probably is still beating him at pool Friday night before I <laughs> crash his bike. Yeah, beating that, Damon Batchel or anything. Exactly. Probably, made, made, his, made you crash his bike somehow <laughs> yeah. because he was so pissed off about yeah. anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank God yeah. he wasn't mad, man, because, you know, Everybody on social media, especially after Pulp, was, oh, he's going to kill you. He's so mad. And, you know, when I hit the ground, that was pretty much my first thought. He's going to be pissed. That would have been mine. I yeah. Would have the same day. Yeah. I mean, he uh, called me at that first night in the hospital. And right the night, I, the day I got out, he actually called me and, ah, oh, it's no big deal, man. It's all good. And hearing him say last night to Steve before I called in that he had crashed a bike that he borrowed that was somebody else's made me feel so much better. Oh, that's good. Yeah, I was like, uh, but yeah, certainly him and, and Cooper Webb—not just the uh, you know, geographical coincidence of you know them being uh, from sort of the same general area, but I think there's a ton of similarities between the two of them. Yeah, um, more on the the personality side and the the, the way they share their emotions and, and what they, how they treat people on the track and what their outlook is sort of on racing. Once the helmet goes on, I think they're, they're very, very similar. I totally agree. Well, Charles, man, um, I look forward to seeing you at a one. Um, like I said, it's just a few days away and this was a lot of fun, man. I appreciate you taking some time yeah, and, and, uh, can't wait to see what happens. We'll see, uh, we'll see what, what happens at a one. It may not mean much for the rest of the series, but it's going to be exciting. Absolutely. It's my favorite favorite time of year. <laughs> yeah, you, me uh, too. See you Saturday. All right, man. Take care. Thank you. All right, Danny. All right, see ya. All right, that's Charles Caslew with 100%. Uh, the the second best goggles on the market. Sorry, Charles. Um, anyway, we appreciate him coming on. Uh, yeah, I apologize for the issue. I, I noticed while we were recording the first time that the sound waves just completely went away and there was nothing there. And we kept talking for about two minutes. I was hoping it would catch up. And once we got the phone, it deleted. 
So we started over there. I, I don't know if anything got repeated. I'll check that back here in a minute in editing, but that's what happened. All right, commercial break. Should be back with Michael Antonovich, and we'll wrap this thing up. Thanks. Hey, Kylie. Does your husband have to deal with leaking shafts? No way, Kathy. He uses shock socks, the original and number one 10-second removable fork sill protector. Looks like the best way to keep grit and grime out of your fork seals. So, if you don't want the headache and expense of constantly replacing fork seals, get shock socks. Go to shocksocks.com and visit them on Facebook to pick your color. And don't forget, they are available for street bikes too. What's up, Moto X Pod listeners? This is Darkside, and as motocross racers, one of our top priorities is safety. That's why All Sport Dynamics wrist braces are one of my favorite products. All Sport Dynamics sees themselves as the Picasso of safety braces. Their passion for design and developing beautiful braces never stops. They've had the privilege to work with some of the largest names in the sports industry and have established a reputation for always bringing innovation to the table with every brace. For the pro chasing the championship or the six-year-old whose mom wants to avoid a broken bone, please try All Sport Dynamic Wrist Braces. Go to motocrosswristbrace.com or check out Instagram at wristbraceguy or call 936-569-1003 and ask for Jeff Brewer or Gary White. And keep in mind, these are the wrist braces that Justin Bogle, Joey Savacci, Weston Pike, Adam Cianciarello, Matt Gerke, and Brock Tickle wear in their pro careers. Check them out, all sports dynamic braces. Powerband Racing is a suspension company dedicated to providing best service and products. They are committed to developing new products and improve your ride. They want your suspension to be the best it can be. They're based out of Minneapolis, and they're a WP authorized service center and trusted by Ryan Sipes. Many bikes to big bikes, they cover them all. Powerband Racing has your suspension covered. Contact them at 320-983-3400 and follow them on Facebook or Instagram. All right, guys, we are back from commercial break again. Just a few more days till Anaheim, and I want to tell you guys about blood lubricants. Blood lubricant oil lines were created to bring out the highest level performance and protection for all types of racing. Blood Lubricants has three series of oils to fit your needs, as well as chain lube, degreaser, polyclean, and more. Whether you ride moto, race dirt track, or anything else, visit bloodlubricants.com today. Blood Lubricants brings us Swap Moto Live's Michael Antonovich. What's up, Michael? What's up, Darkside? How's it going? Going good, man. Uh, just as I've told everybody else tonight, just beyond excited about A1. I'm sure you're feeling the same thing. Oh, yeah. Um Rewatched Anaheim one of last year the other day. Rewatched like oh five Anaheim one yeah, earlier okay. today. Like getting into the spirit of it. Like this yeah, is better than any holiday really. Like this is one of the most fun times of year for everybody. Yeah, and this is uh, year two for Swap Moto Live, right? Wasn't Anaheim the first? No, uh, San Diego. We got clipped right before San Diego, so okay. we had done both Anaheim, Oakland, and Phoenix. Okay, as um, as Transworld, and then. Went to San Diego with nothing, and then took a few days, and then went to Minneapolis with, like, the rough sketch of Swap Moto Live. And then from there, kind of been in, like, full swing since the first part of April. Yeah, things are going really good, man. I mean, it shows, you know, what, you know, with Swap, the the, the pool he has and the, the appreciation, I guess, the support he has and and the, the the belief he has in you to keep you on board and what you guys can do has been pretty pretty unreal. Yeah, it's been fun, and I think, like, for Don and I both, 
we both see where what the other one wants to do. Mm-hmm. Like I know Don wants to do all the bicycling stuff. He wants to do all the bike tests and things like that. And I just want to go to the races. Like Saturday night's the best day of the week for me. And so I want to go to that stuff and he doesn't want to travel, but I do and all these things. Works so it works out better for both of us. Like if I'm on the road and he's in California doing what he needs to do, then it's all perfect. You know, he gets everything handled. He's right there in the epicenter of everything. And then on like, you know, Saturday, I make all my stuff happen and then work from, you know, Sunday to the next Friday from the last Saturday. So it's been good. Yeah. And then going to all the overseas races this year helped a lot. Dude, I, I hope that someday this show gets to a level where I can do at least one of those. I mean, I get so jealous when I see you guys over there and all the fun you guys have and, and the the light the lightness of the events, you know, everybody just kind of hanging out and having a good time. Like, I someday that's, I got to make that happen. Yeah. I mean, even if you just go to, like, a donation or yeah. something. Or sure. if you go to, like, Paris and just go to hang out at Paris because – I mean, from where you're at down in Texas, pretty good chance to get a flight over there. Like, it's a good, it's a good time, and I can't. I think those things like are really what rejuvenate me every mm-hmm. year because, like, we do all 29 Supercrosses and outdoors, and those are great. They're fun, but then when you get to the end of it, you're like, okay, I kind of want to go see what else is going on instead of just <laughs> yeah. being in the airport hotel racetrack, airport hotel racetrack uh, yeah. grind of it. So it's good. I mean, it's fun. I hope you get to go. The first time you get to go, I'll make sure that I'm on that same trip, too. So Absolutely. Out, find a local bar together, have a couple <laughs> local beers. There you go. I like it. Yeah, I'll, I'll work on that. I, I won't happen this year, but I need to try to start planning for 2021. So, yeah. 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 Maybe maybe if the pulp wrap up show thing gets saved and I could, you know, we'll, maybe that thing can build and we'll, we'll figure it out. But, uh, um, I want to know what you're most excited about. Let's start with just Anaheim. Um, are you a guy like Kiefer that, you know, and, and uh, Michael Lindsay, I think the same way that likes to look at the bikes. Or are you most excited about talking to the riders or just the racing? Um, honestly, the racing is, is the big thing. Mm-hmm. You really want to see that because that's the thing that you've been most excited about and thinking about who's going to stack up where in all these things. But really, for me, the the things that I personally love the most above everything else is the newness of everything because so many people wait and put all this effort over these last few months into having the perfect setup for that one day. And, and it's cool to see everybody's, how they take pride in that stuff. You know, I like all the gear companies come out with a special edition gear. Like you look at what Fox did with Ken and Adam. They're going to be in something matching super sick that they did this huge campaign around. Every mechanic is like, polished every nut and bolt on his bike <laughs> right, and right. through things 20 times. You know, all the rigs are fresh. Everything's good to go because everybody knows, like, you can never replicate that feeling of going into Anaheim 1 for the first weekend of the year. And that's, like, the coolest thing to me is because I want to see that stuff. Yeah. And really, like, that's why I wanted this job in the first place <laughs> ever was because I wanted to see that stuff up close. I didn't have to – I didn't want to have to wait, like, to see it in magazines. I wanted to right. see it Right, and back then it was like, yeah, you'd have to wait, like, a month to see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like when that when that Anaheim special issue of the magazines would come out, like yeah, you look at like 2001 to like 2006, 2007 before the internet really took off. Big. Right. If you look at all that stuff, those trans worlds or those racer X's or really even the dirt riders and MXAs, then too, you had to wait for all that stuff. But you could tell that everybody's excitement really went into those issues, and that was that was always cool to see. I was always stoked to get those. Yeah, this. 
this year, 2019, was my first ever A1. Uh, and I was excited like that, like a little kid, something, you know, and, and, and it didn't disappoint. I mean, that was pretty cool event to be that. And the, the press conference is bigger, you know, it's live again this year, I think. Uh, yeah, it's a pretty special event. So if anybody's listening, if you have a chance to get to A1, it's not the greatest stadium in the world, but it's sure is a hell of an event. Yeah, that's the thing too. Like once you get into the stadium, the stadium's whatever. You know, every one of them from here on after that, with the exception of like Atlanta or Dallas, where they're just incredible. Like it's a stadium, the stadium. Yeah, right? yeah, it's yeah. The, like that excitement of like you can't wait to see what that first opening ceremonies video is going to be like. Yeah, you, know, you can't yeah. wait to see these clips because like you get you know like all the production that goes into that, and when it's it's really hard to like overstate how cool it is when the lights clip off and then it just like, you hear that low rumble of the bass. <laughs> yep. Shit's getting ready to get real. Yeah. I love that. You're not uh, like over it basically, you know, like, you know, some of our mm-hmm. other buddies in the media are kind of like, ah, I've been doing this for so long. I don't care about opening ceremonies. Like I still get excited about the laser lights. Like I want a dome because I want to see the lights and I want to see, the, the fireworks, you know, and, and I don't want a daytime race because I want, I want the show. Yeah. And like, I'll fully admit maybe four or five years ago, I got a little like, this is going to be rough. And like, this is a lot, but then you, you kind of start to not appreciate it the same way. Mm-hmm. But then, uh, I don't know if anybody's going to, I mean, after this, they'll probably most certainly go to race racks. But we just did a really good article with Zach Osborne that went up today. And Zach's like, you know, you have to get over this hump of not appreciating it for a while. Yeah. And I think we all have to get over that. Like, you have slumps and then you come back up and it's on high and it's for everybody. You know, sometimes something happens in the sport and you kind of get disinterested in it or you take it for granted. And then something happens that makes you really want to be a part of it again. When that, you know, that moment last year when the trans world thing was falling apart before swap moto live came to be was did you have that little fear or that that moment of like oh shit like did was um, there was there a moment like that or did you know i mean you had a you have a spot in the industry probably either way well i, I want to say that like maybe in 2013 2014 i was like taking it a little bit for granted okay. too much i didn't ex- like i didn't appreciate all the stuff that i did and now looking back on it, like I remember certain things about certain things. I'm like, man, that was awesome. Yeah. Like, I'm so glad I got to do that. Um, so me and my wife used to drive back from California to Illinois for the holidays every year. And then right before Anaheim won, so typically around like today or tomorrow, we would start to drive back to get there just in time for the race. And last year on our drive, like, you know, it's 27 hours straight in the car. Mm. And so you just talk about everything. And I, I told my wife, I'm like, hey, like 2019, we're going to do something big this year. Like, I don't know what it is, but like, I have to do something to set myself apart from what I've just been in. Like Mm -hmm. I have to do something. And I didn't know how that was going to be. And to have what happened, you know, in January to what, for what it was, it sucked, but it was a good thing to just set back and kind of relax because even as a business standpoint, like we were getting a little bit too caught up in things. Um, too caught up in things that other people wanted us to do within the company and not what we wanted to do for ourselves as far as content goes. So it was nice to get like that refresh and be like, Oh no, like we're going to do what we want to do. And there's nobody that can tell us otherwise. Yeah. But like, I, I always kind of figured like, this is where I'm going to be. 
like a couple years ago, I had that realization of like, this is what I am for the rest of my life unless something happens and takes me away from it. Yeah, I like that. That's probably, uh, it's got to be a little, it's comforting and it's something you love to do. So uh, yeah, it's got, you got to be happy about that. I mean, I held uh, Anton during the week. I'm usually digging a ditch somewhere. So um, yeah. Not- and like, I totally, and that's the thing too, is like, I appreciate it. And, and I don't want to ever come off as like an elitist, like, oh no. yeah, and I'm so, cause like I do, like, it's weird. I feel guilty when I tell people sometimes like strangers on airplanes or something, how much I love my job because <laughs> yeah, I yeah. do, but I don't want somebody to be like, well, shit, I'm like in a job I don't like because you have something though you like, like you love moto just as much as I do. You just yeah. happen to see it from a different standpoint. Right. No, I've never, in the times that I've talked to you or the times I've heard you on different shows, I've never thought you came across that way. So no, you're, you're, you're a pretty likable guy, man. Even if Steve does bash you a little bit about your food, oh, no. food taste. It's like, it's fine. I mean, not part of it because that's how, like that's the fun, but the other fun of going to the races is because you get to be around your friends. Yeah, you exactly. How, exactly. How different all of our, all of our backgrounds are so different. Right. Like, me, if you put me, you, why can't Matt this, like Guy B, and a couple other people in the room, and you walked a stranger in, and you're like, yeah, what do you think these guys have in common? No one would guess it's motorcycle racing. No, no, you're right. You know, that's and that's point. like the cool thing to go to the races, and you're just like, fuck yeah, dude, I'm around all my buddies. <laughs> yeah, sick. absolutely. Well, let's, uh, let's talk about A1 real quick. I want to know your podiums in both classes. Let's, let's go 250s. That's hard to say. Okay. Because I've been thinking about this a lot. Um when I rewatched Anaheim one from this year the other night, I'm like, you know, like we don't have a preseason to really gauge expectations on. True. Like, yeah, there's Paris and there's Geneva and there's Monster Cup and all that, but that's three isolated events that are like nothing like anything else. It's not like preseason basketball or baseball or football where you kind of get an idea of who's doing what against like the similar competition. Yeah, so exactly. These guys go to Australia or they go to Europe. Guys have a way different pace that they're only going to see that one or two times a year. So that makes it, and then you get some Instagram clips and stuff like that. You're like, okay, that's cool. But we're totally going into Anaheim one completely cold. Like we have no idea what's going to happen. You know, somebody, Anaheim one typically has a winner that's kind of out there. Like you look at Jason Anderson a few years ago. You look at Barsha last year. You look at Davey Millsaps the first time that he won it when he was on Suzuki back in the day. Like it's that one race that everything gets a little screwy. So we go into it and it doesn't really matter. You need to look like two the road to see how the championship's going to go. But that's the thing. Like, it's hard to say, like, yeah, I think these three guys are going to be in these three spots. You can have guys you have expectations of, like, certainly Ferrandis in the 250 class, because he's the defending champion, and he's so strong there. And then you would have to think McElrath as well, because he's won that race. But then, after that, when you don't really know who's who, like, you know, Christian could be there, and that could be a podium guy for sure. Yeah, um, They're but when you don't know the lineup, and I know Matt just had like that big spiel the other day, like, yes, that is frustrating, but that also kind of adds to the mystery of the 250 class. Because in the 450 class, you know who's going to be there. So you have to take like the uniqueness of Moto for what it is in that moment. Okay. So like, I would think Ferrandis or McElrath would be one of the two guys that has the best shot of winning. Um, and then not knowing really who else is out there makes that third spot or wherever else to pick. What? I would probably lean towards Christian Craig just because he's done it so long or Alex Martin because he's done it so long too. Well, I think Austin is in for, for West coast. Uh, he, okay. I know he definitely 
confirmed with Daniel on main event on Sunday that he was in for West Coast. Okay. And see, that's why I, le- I, like, I left him off, because McAdoo and Smith are on the entry list for Pro Circuit, but he's not. So then you're kind of like, okay, so the one guy that is going to race isn't on the thing yet, so I kind of had given that a little bit of uncertainty. Right. But I had heard a few weeks ago that it was possible that he would, uh, just from the Cowie guys being like, yeah, he's, he's going well right now. Yeah. So then if you add Forkner in, that's your three podium spots. Like you <laughs> just so. interchange who's going to be where for Randis, McElrath, or, or Forkner. What do you think about Moseman? Um, I'm, I'm pretty big on Moseman. I think he's going to get his first win this year. Uh, I don't expect him to win the championship, but I think he's going to be a bigger threat than most people are giving him credit for. Yeah. Um, I did a podcast with him like just over a week ago, mm-hmm. and we, we talked about everything. Because I've watched Michael pretty closely. Like That first year, he had like the typical rookie mistakes and things that he had to learn and get around, but he made so much progress in 2019 that it's like, oh, okay, like he figured it out. Yeah, I There's agree. typically guys that have a rough year, and then they don't learn. But then he did learn, and he figured out how to make it improve from there. Um, the other thing that makes me think that he is like poised to do well is that he this is year three for him, so he's been around. He knows like how to stay out of the typical commotion and like how to to do a full series. Yes. But then the other thing on that is he has this really analytical outlook on racing. Like he's not going to do anything unless he knows it has like a certain end result or like a desired end result. So the way he like goes about things, like he's only going to do something if it's going to be beneficial in the end. Yeah. So I think that that's going to calculate into his riding style because he's not a guy that runs. He's not very hard on the bike or anything like that. He's just going to be where he needs to be at all times. Yeah, I agree. I, I actually put your interview with him on my iPod yesterday or the day before. I haven't listened to it yet, but I'm looking forward to it. Cause again, I, I really, I became a big fan of his last year. <laughs> Um, after talking to him at St. Louis for the first time, I believe, uh, not, not not in 18, and then this year mm-hmm. uh, talking to him a few times. I've had him on a few times, and, and he is not your – kind of like you, he's not your typical moto guy, right? He's not your typical racer. Like if he didn't no. have gear on, you, you, he'd probably rather talk to you about chess or uh, you know a fun fact or whatever, and he's so smart, uh, like you were just talking about with the analytical stuff. I, I, I like the fact that he's – not your typical moto guy, but he's still so talented. I just I, I look for big things out of him. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think that it's just it's we'll see like a Colt Nichols level like yeah. rise to the next thing this year. You I know, hope like so. Is, does he win? He's got a podium before he wins. Really, like he needs to like he's got to get that consistently down. Mm-hmm. But he proved last year like hey, he's a hard guy to pass. He yeah. gets good starts. Yeah, so he can. Now that he has more confidence and more comfort on the bike and more fitness and knows what's going on, if he gets a whole shot, it's not unreasonable to think that he could do what he has to do for that full run. Right. I agree. All right. Well, let's go with 450 class. Um, I got. To, I want to know your podium, but I also want to know your thoughts on, uh, you know, realistically on Adam Cincirillo. Um, so for podium, again, like because that's one of those races that you never really know mm-hmm. like what's going to happen because like A1's just had so many people. Sure. Um, I think it would be cool, just depending on how the night goes, just for Jason Anderson to come back and do well. Uh, he's really been written off after you know, missing all of Supercross last year minus two events. He was leading Glendale until late in it, and then Anaheim was just not good. And he'll, you know, it's pretty clear to see that. But 
how much he's worked in this offseason, and he's really found, like, a unique program that works for him. Like, you know, Jason could live wherever. You know, he could do the whole thing if he wants to and, um, you know, have this little compound and be in Florida and go about it with Alden, but he wants to do it his way to keep it fun, but yeah. is still held accountable by Husky and everybody around him to get the work done. So, like, he lives at the Grindstone compound with the, you know, with uh, Gage Shear and, and all those people. So, like, he's committed to it. It's not like he's just playing around. And so he's in that hunt all the time. And I think, like, with the way he rode in Australia and New Zealand, two fairly slick tracks that are going to be fairly similar to what we'll face at Anaheim, just when that, like, ocean air brings the moisture out of the dirt and it gets right. hard pack and slick. Like, that's pretty much where Jason's going to be very good. Uh, it would be cool to see Jason win just to kind of upright everything that has been doubted about him in the last year mm-hmm. because he needs to show everybody, like, look, I can get the work done and do what I need to do and get the results I need while still having fun. Like, I can show you that there is a balance to it. Um, in the same breath, it would be great to see Roxon win just to finally get that hurdle off of it, like <laughs> yeah. that monkey off of his he back. He needs it. Because he needs it and get it over with now, and then you just go about the rest of the year instead of waiting. Like, when's it going to come? When's it going to come? So Ken could potentially do it because we've seen him win Anaheim one in dominant fashion before. So um, either one of those two would be, you know, pretty pretty possible for a podium mm-hmm. and then you got to put Tomac in there just because it's Eli like that's the I've watched everybody's preview shows like seen all of them listen to all of them everything like Eli is always going to have that spot in contention for the top three on the box as long as he lines up and he's healthy because he's capable of doing that and I know that him and Kawasaki worked like extensively to figure out whatever that needs to be to put all of those pieces of the puzzle together in the offseason and if he can show at Anaheim one for the first time, like, look, I can do this race without issue. It'll be a huge statement of confidence for him for the rest of the year, because in the past he's had terrible Anaheim one. Yeah. Yeah. That's he what... always starts off on the back foot because of a crash or a whatever. Yeah. C- Charles Castle was just saying that a little bit ago when I was talking to him, that's, that's almost exactly what he said. Uh, you know, if he could come out and win a one, that's, that's huge for his season. Um, so yeah, even if he podium oh, yeah. for his season, because he's like been in the mix and then something happens, you know, Guy Honda, he, he had a little incident and went down that year at Cali first year, it gets hurt, you know, hurts his shoulder, everything else that goes on. Like if he could get that first one and maybe leave with, you know, the 20 points or higher that mm-hmm. comes with it, the championship is going to be really, really difficult from the first race on. Agreed. Agreed. Um, well, just real quick before I let you go, uh, thoughts on Adam C and Cirillo. So obviously I'm a pole fan. I say that all the time. So Steve says no wins for Adam. Um, Daniel Blair says three wins for Adam. Where do you think he falls? They say like main event wins. Yes. Like, main events. Yeah. Main events. Um, I did an interview with Adam like a week ago and then I typed it all out. Like I published it as a podcast last week and then typed it all out and then, like, made a written story of it that went on Swap Model Live yesterday. So, like, everybody could give that a read that gives you straight from the horse's mouth of what Adam thinks right now and, like, what his expectations are. It's more so built around the whole year for him instead of just winning these first races. Right. Um, I think he, he knows he could be in the position for that, but at the same time, too, like, he's not making these bold claims of, like, I'm going to win A1, I'm going to be the guy... <laughs> 
within the first three races, like it's going to take him some time because it always takes a rookie a little bit of time. Like they might have one great ride and then something goes on after that. Should Adam like avoid any of the issues that he's had in the past? I think like a top five, top seven, like top five really at Anaheim one would be great for him. And then late in the year, as more guys like maybe get saddled by injuries or things get a little screwy or something like that, he could be in the running for a win later on in the year. Mm-hmm. But this is the most stacked field he's ever going to go against. It's true. You know what I mean? Like, of any era, this is the most stacked one because there are guys that are going to start retiring in the next few years. So as they go away, Adam is going to get stronger. But he's going to face so many past race winners this season <laughs> that it's going to be a tall order to get a win. I, I would be really surprised if he did get one, but at the same time, I wouldn't be surprised if he got one at all because he's fully capable of it. Like, it could go either way. Yeah, that's that's smart. Okay. I I told Daniel, I talked to Daniel a little bit Sunday night. We were talking about football, and I said, man, I got AC winning. I just think because of what we've talked about, it being such a weird race and crazy things happen, I can just see AC coming out and winning that one right off the bat. Now, you know, whether that continues or not, I don't know, but – that's that's who I'm going with. I'm going with AC and Dylan Ferrandez for the wins uh, Saturday night. And that would be a huge statement for both of those guys. Yeah. Ferrandez is like, hey, let me start wrapping this 250 thing up. And Adam needs to start his 450 career off on the right foot. Yeah. And really show everybody like, hey, I'm worthy of what I'm doing. Um, and that interview that I did, like he has a one-year deal. And it, it's very... Oh, it's not a motivating factor for him to get re-signed there. He just knows, like, hey, I need to go out and do what I need to do. Um, but at the same time, too, like, that's going to be looming overhead all year of, like, okay, how how worthy is he going to be of continuing on in Kawasaki? Right. And I think that with Eli, you know, having a two-year deal, Adam is the future. I think that they just want to make him really push for it right now. Yeah, uh, Steve Astafin talked about that a little bit last night on Pulp, so that was that was really interesting having Astafin on and hearing what he had to say about all that and the Kenny stuff. That was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, I think you're right about that. And uh, man, I can't wait. It's only a few days away, so I'll uh, I'll see you Friday, I guess, the press conference. Yep, I'll see you then. Hey, man, I appreciate you coming on last minute like that. It means a lot. Oh, no worries, Darkside. Always. All right, bud. Take take care, and um, I'll see you, I'll see you Friday. All right, later, dude. All right, see ya. Michael Antonovich, Anton, Michael Antonovich, Swap Moto Live. Yeah, man, he's a great dude. As dude, I know I repeat myself constantly. I'm gonna go read that AC interview here shortly. I have not seen that yet. So once I get this thing wrapped up, I'm gonna go read that and uh, probably get me some sleep. It's uh, New Year's Eve. If you guys listen to this later in the week or whatever, or next week, it's yeah, New Year's Eve, and I'm not doing shit other than probably reading this article. Maybe watching a little TV and just getting excited for uh, Anaheim 1. Man, I really hope a lot of you guys make it out. Look forward to seeing some people this year at some of these races, meeting some new people. Uh, Appreciate you guys listening. Thanks to all our sponsors. Uh, Again, as always, patreon.com if you want to support the show. That's the sponsors and the patron supporters are what makes this thing continue. It allows us to get to the places, the races we go to, get the content. Definitely going to be doing some YouTube videos this weekend, so look for that on our YouTube channel. MotoXPodShow.com has all the links. All right, we're out of here. See you next week. Thanks. Thanks.